Father, we thank you for the songs that have been sung, the prayers that have been prayed, the opportunity to worship you in giving. Now, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts that we will grow thereby. We thank you and we honor you for it all in your son Jesus' name. Amen. We are on our second episode of our series called Family Five, Foundations of a Healthy Family. And today we are going to uh, irritate some folks. Um, so I'm just letting you know, you're going to be slightly irritated. Um, irritated to change or ir ir irritated to do better or irritated to do nothing. You're going to get irritated. So just, when you get irritated, just say, I already told you that you're going to be irritated. So don't, don't get upset. Just, just continue on, okay? Keep, keep listening. Don't shut me off. Because I believe that this one is, this foundation is, is very important. My opening statement for today says, the gospel calls us to provide for our family members. We are to do this financially, spiritually, and with our time or presence. All of our relationships should pale in comparison to God. The gospel calls us to provide for our family members. We do this financially, spiritually, and with our time and or presence. And all of your relationships should pale in comparison to God. So we have gone down this journey so far, and last week when we did episode number one, our episode, our first foundation was put God first. Make God a priority in your family. Now in episode number two, our subtitle is provide for each other. Provide for each other. Let's run into our definitions. Our first definition is Foundation. Foundation is that upon which anything is founded, that on which anything stands, and by which it is supported. The lowest and supporting layer of a superstructure, groundwork, or basis. Healthy. Healthy is being in a state of health, enjoying health, sound free from disease. And then family. Family is a group of individuals living under one roof and usually under one head. The group comprising a husband and wife and their dependent children constituting a fundamental unit in the organization of society. We are going to talk about that the, one of the foundations of a healthy family is that they provide for each other. 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, starting at the first verse, English Standard Version says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers. Older women as mothers. Younger women as sisters in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. 
But if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even where she lives. Command these things as well so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. We're going to stop there. The highlight verse for today, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The King James Version says infidel, which is the same thing. Father, we thank you for your word, and we ask that it falls upon the good soil of our heart. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't plan on me being up here too long, but I do have to say what I have to say, because I believe it needs to be said. As we look through the first seven verses of Paul's direction to his son Timothy. Timothy was in Ephesus and he was establishing this church and he was going through some things. So Paul was trying to tell, get, telling him, this is the direction, this is what you do in order to lead this organization. The first thing that he brings out in this fifth chapter is the fact that do not rebuke an older man. You should show him the same respect that you would a father and the younger men that you should do it as they're your brothers. Older women, you should treat them as your mothers and younger women as your sisters and make sure that there's no craziness but it, it has to be pure. And if you have someone who has lost their, their spouse then you should honor them in all things. But then he says, now wait a minute, if a widow has children or, or grandchildren, let them first learn to give godliness to their own household and to, to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. So I'm going to stop right there just for a minute. We have come to a point in the society whereby, as and this is so appropriate to me that this comes up on this weekend that we celebrate the independence of our nation. It, it just, God just kind of worked some things out. And I was just like, it's so funny that we love to celebrate the freedom. We love to celebrate the fact that we're an independent country, but we never hear nobody celebrate the fact that there's a responsibility that comes with independence. We have a responsibility to be good citizens of this nation. We have a responsibility to obey the laws. We have a responsibility to take care of 
that which is given to us. We should be a good steward of that which we are given. But we always love to, we love to talk about we have this liberty, but we never talk about the responsibility that comes with liberty. For instance, one of the things that just ran through my mind was the fact that we have freedom of speech. However, if you don't like what I say, then you try to cancel me because you didn't like to, what happened to the freedom. We have a responsibility to uh, allow someone to express themselves. See, I, I'm going to say something, y'all. Okay. I don't mind a person not wanting to serve a specific people at their restaurant. I don't have a problem with that. I do not have a problem with that. Because the way that we work is we just don't go there. And when they go out of business, they'll reconsider what they want to do. Because that is what liberty does. If you want to have the liberty of not serving certain people, then you have the responsibility that your finances are not going to be as solid as you thought they were going to be. I told you this is going to be irritating. Because sometimes we just think we can do whatever we want, and then we don't think about the consequences or the results of doing what we want. We have made a mis uh, 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 an issue coming up where we've always said, as parents, I want my children to be better than me. I want my children to achieve more than me. I, I, I want this. I want this. And we have taught them a level of independence from the family unit. And so then, as you have helped them to grow, as you have brought them up, you've been with them 18, some folks is 20, some folks is, you've been with your parents all this time, and now they have gotten into their senior years, and your desire is, why don't they go ahead and die because they are infringing upon my lifestyle? I knew I wasn't going to get no amens on that. Because we have gotten to the point where we say, okay, we're just going to put them in a home. I, and listen, I don't have any problem with you putting them in a home. But if it's a home, then that's where the family should be. <laughs> there is a, a responsibility that we have as we walk in the power of this liberty. If we're going to provide for one another in the family, it is not just money. It is also our time and our presence. Mm -hmm. Amen. The Bible says it like this. It says, honor your mother and your father. And this is the only commandment with promise because it says that your life may be long upon the earth. It doesn't mean that you honor them just when you're a child. It means you honor them with your life. If your parent is, oh, no, okay, no, stop. If you are going to establish a pillar of a healthy family, then we need to teach that the most important thing is the family. The most important thing is not your education. The most important thing is not your job. The most important thing is your family. 
And if you establish that, then when they're going out to pursue their education, when you're going out so they can pursue uh, their job, when they're going out, they can say, you know what, you may not like me, but I know somebody that does. I know I can go to my family. I can, they, they'll accept me for who I am. And they will provide the um, uh, environment whereby I can be who I am. And they will love me for who I am. And they will push me to become better. But we get to the point, and, and listen, I'm not throwing stones. I, I did the same thing. I remember I told my son when he was 14 years old, I said, you got four more years, bro, and you getting ready to hit the road. Four more years. And somebody said, somebody asked me, his 14th birthday, and they said, well, uh, what did you get for your birthday? My daddy told me that I'm getting out, I got to get out the house when I'm 18. Now, how is that encouraging family? How is that enticing him to want to be a part of the family? How, how is that creating an atmosphere that we're providing for one another? There should be this feeling that I don't want to leave, but I need to leave so that I can improve our family. Yes. Yes. I got to do my part in the family. The Bible says it like this. He says, if you want to be a pastor, if you want to be a bishop, if you want to be an apostle, the first thing you need to do is lead your house well. If you can't lead your house well, how can you lead the house of God? Right. I ain't know I was going down this path, but I got, I got to do my thing. Because we have to get the right mindset. The family was created before the church, y'all. The family was established before the church. And we have to go back to those foundations. And once we go to those foundations, then we can move forward and cause the effect that is necessary. There are folks that get mad at our Latino brothers and sisters who will have five generations staying in the same house and be laughing at them. But they have a sense of family, that they have a sense of honor and respect. And they will go out and they will do things and they will bring their little happy self right on back to the family and they will be like, I'm back. But in the United States, we teach everybody that you are the best. You are an individual. You are not an individual. You are part of a unit. You are part of a family. And we have misspoken to you and spoken into your psyche such a thing that that is why you feel alone and isolated today. Mental health is going up in our country because we have not spoken life into our children. We have told them, you're going to go out there and you're going to do this, but we never give them assurance that if you don't make it, you can come on back here. That's right. So we have to get into the mindset that if we want to provide foundations for our future legacy, our future generation, that just like Dorothy said at the end of the Wizard of Oz when she clicked them Ruby Hill slippers, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Now, I'm not talking about home is perfect. I'm not talking about home is, 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 is you know, the, uh, the perfect Cosby show type of thing. It, it, no, I'm not talking like, like that. Actually, I'm, big, I'm a bigger fan of my wife and kids, but I ain't going to get onto that. Anyway, but we have to realize that we have to start 
uh, emulating that today. We have to reveal that today. We have to set that up today. We have to be careful of how we say, I'll be so glad when you've grown so you can get out of my hair. We have to be careful about how we say things. Our words have meaning. Our words have power. And, and I ain't even got to the eighth verse yet. But let it say, uh, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, so it says relatives, it's talking about fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth cousins, all them folks. But it says, especially for members of his household, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. He has denied the faith. Y'all not catching that. When you are not helping out your brothers, your sisters, your mother, your father, he says it's just as if you are showing that you don't even believe God. And then he says, and is worse than an unbeliever. Why? Because you that know to do good and you don't do good to you, it is sin. So you can brag about what you got. You can brag about what you have. You can brag about all these things. And if your brother, your sister, your mother, or your father have needs and you don't have the, the wherewithal to take care of your family members, you're denying the faith. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. But they did this to me. That, that, they did this to me. Because if you walk by faith and not by sight, you can see a transformation. If you walk by faith, because he says you have denied the faith if you don't do this. So if you walk by faith and do good, the Bible says it's like heaping coals of fire upon the head of the person that did you wrong. It's, it's, it's time out to, 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 to you know, to, to, to try to be like the Waltons and, and being able to say good night, John Boy, good night, Mary Ellen. It's, it's time out for all the facade. It's time to live so that people will know that that house has a firm foundation. And when I'm talking about the house, I'm talking about your name. When your name has a firm foundation, other people outside of your family want to be in your family. How do I know? Because when the people would look at the Christians during that day, actually they called it the way at the time. They called it the way at the time. And when they saw the people that were walking in the way, they said, I like what they have. I want to have what they have. And let me go talk to them to see if I can get what they got. And they said, yeah, come on. You can be a part of what we have. Now, we ain't got but uh, uh, a couple of potatoes to throw in this pot. But we all going to bless the name of the Lord and stir it up in here and we're going to have a good time. Yes. Because when you have that love, remember love covers a multitude of faults. It covers a, a multitude of deficiencies. And if we are truly showing love, especially to our family members, there should not be anything that we would eliminate them from the family because we are in Christ. If Jesus did us the way we did our family, where would we be? If Jesus did us the way we did our family, where would we be? 
worse than. I don't know what's worse than an unbeliever. But he's saying, he's saying, if you do not show, if you do not provide for, if you do not take care of your family, your family members, you are worse than a person that doesn't believe who God is. Let's change that. Let us be the beacon of life. I told y'all before, I've heard of folks that have not talked for 20 years because of something that happened. And they lost 20 years of their life, and they don't even remember what they was mad about. Now, uh, something just came to my mind, so I, 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 I got I to say this. Now, if there is some type of, of, of sexual assault, some type of something like that, then the, I understand there has to be some provisions, some, some parameters put into place, but... There should not be a total rejection of the person because there is a redemption that needs to happen. Now, if, that, if you are the person that was assaulted, then maybe you might not be the one that interacts directly with that person, but you should provide an environment but that, that, that redemption can happen because that you're trusting God. I'm not telling you if your mom or your dad assaulted you that you should run up there and hug them and act like nothing happened. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you should walk in the spirit of love and allow God to help to change their heart. Yes. Okay? I, I got to put that in there because I don't want you saying that pastor told me I got to love you. No, that's not what I'm saying. You have to protect your heart. But you also have to provide an atmosphere by which God can come in through love, cover the fault. Now, faults also have consequences. And so we have to make sure that we're balancing ourselves. Like I said, with liberty comes what? Responsibility. So if I'm going to provide you the liberty to coming back in my life, I am also going to be responsible for keeping you at the distance that is okay for me to function and okay for you to function. Y'all all right with that? Okay, because I didn't want y'all to think I was just like, no, just go run it. No, I'm not that type of person because I'll be ready to fight people. Okay, thank you, lovely. So what, what I wanted to say today is we have to create this environment whereby if all else fails, that our family knows that our family takes care of themselves. And I don't mean it in an arrogant way. That is what we do. That is what we cover. That is how we do this. I, you know, I, I have seen situations where in fact, when I, uh, uh, when I was first started out in ministry and I was, I was going on hospital visits, one of my things, one of my hospital visits was to uh, a, a, a dear sweet lady who's going on to be with the Lord. And she lived in a home in Hawaii. And, and she, we would walk in. I remember the one time that Yolanda came in with me and we walked into her and she, she, she's sitting there inspecting us. And she said, well, your husband only got supposed to be here five to seven minutes. But uh, I'm going to talk to you so he got to stay. And because that was the thing, we had to stay. But she was, she was such a sweet woman. And when you sit down with a person that has gone through life and you listen to them, they can save you a whole lot of trouble. Amen. If you listen. 
They may not say it exactly perfect. They may not say it exactly, but they can say they can drop some nuggets on you that when you will be like, really, you did that. I remember we went to a home one time uh, to visit a, bro a men's group, and we went to this home to visit these these um, people. And the young man just had newly got saved, had sat down with this. Uh, woman. And he said, ma'am, can I pray with you? Can I read, read a scripture for you and everything? She said, I want you to read Psalms 91. That, it, just, it just rained with me so much because he opens up his Bible, he started reading Psalm 91, and, and, and he was stuttering because she was saying it while he was trying to read it. He was, uh, uh, you know, because it was such, and, and he came out of there, he was transformed because he was like, she, she, don't need, she didn't even need me to read that. But she was just being nice to me and allowing me, and she helped me through that. He says, I want to learn the word, like, so that when I'm in this situation where I'm maybe in a home, that I can have the word to stand on. You see, you see how, how God can work things out. So I'm not telling you not to put your, your family member in a home if you have to, but I'm saying you don't abandon them in a home. You don't abandon them anywhere. That's your family. You've got to take care of your family because we provide for each other. All right, I'm done with that for today. We're going to go on to the next one. If you heard this today, and I told you it's going to be a little irritating, but if there was something said that is really stirring in you, one of the key things that you need to have in your life, you've got to have Jesus. Because if you don't have Jesus in your life, this can really cause some trepidation, some, some problems for you, because you will start hearing what I said, and you will look at it through the lens of pain, disappointment, and anguish. But if you accept Jesus in your life and allow him to lead you, you will see that he will take you through that pain, that disappointment, and that anger in a, such a direction that you will be able to reach out to those family members and to be able to speak life to them. But the key is having Jesus in your life. And it is a simple process. The Bible says like this. It says that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Then it dropped out a couple more scriptures in that same chapter, and it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word saved means to be delivered, to be rescued. And what are you saved and rescued from? You are saved and rescued from the penalty of sin. Sin means that you have missed the mark that God has established for your life. And what he will do is he will redeem you. He will put you into an environment whereby you will get the gift of God, which is eternal life. And that is what God desires for you. That is what God wants for you. That is what God wants to put into your life. Eternal life. Eternal life does not mean life after death. It means immediate life that things will change in your life. It does not mean that everything is going to be rosy. 
Well, it does mean that you're going to be in a rose garden. And if you've ever been in a rose garden, you know that if you walk through them roses, you're going to get hit with a couple thorns. Okay. But the thing is, because you know where you are and whose you are, you can go past those little pricks and the thorns and continue on in the garden. Now, because of this, the magnitude of this life change, we want you to know that this is not an individual event. I, always, I say this every service because it's not an individual event. We believe that this is a team event. And so we want to come alongside you, come along with you and assist you on this newfound journey of having Jesus in your life. And so if you have made that decision today, we want you to contact us at info at godshousecc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com and let us know that you've made that decision. We'll come alongside you no matter where you are in the world and we will assist you along that journey. Now, just add it, if you would like to text us instead, text us at 864-920-0100. That's 864-920-0100. And just give us a little bit of information so that we can get in contact with you and assist you along this journey. Now, that is not a telephone number. That's a text number. So if you try to call it to talk to us, it, you won't, it won't get through. It's designed for text only. So I don't want you to get flustered over that. All right? But we are excited to be able to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. And we are honored that you accepted Christ in your life. And <laughs> this, your life is going to be different and it's going to change. Well, friends and family, that's episode number two. Provide for each other. We're going to hit episode number three next week. And until that time, may God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right.